We're keeping them guessing. This is Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah! Barry Bonds. Who is Barry Bonds? And getting in tune. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Wednesday, February 3rd. We are counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies, but first, here are your entertainment headlines. Anderson Cooper, Savannah Guthrie, Dr. Oz, and Dr. Sanjay Gupta have all been named guest hosts of Jeopardy. The four will appear in the coming months as the show continues its search for late host Alex Trebek's replacement. Will Smith will host Amend the Fight for America, a six-episode Netflix docuseries that explores the 14th Amendment, which promises all citizens of the United States equal protections under the law. Executive produced by Smith and Larry Wilmore, among others, the series will include historic speeches recited by stars including Mahershala Ali, Samuel L. Jackson, Diane Lane, Yara Shahidi, Laverne Cox, and Sterling K. Brown. Amend debuts February 17th. For other news, reviews, interviews, and much more, head over to EW.com. Put on your dancing shoes for today's number three pick, The Masked Dancer. We're quickly closing in on the endgame of season one, with only two episodes left before the finale. Tonight's installment will feature the top five dancers, Cotton Candy, Exotic Bird, Sloth, Tulip, and Zebra, going head to masked head, as well as Call Me Cat star Mayim Bialik as guest panelist. Bialik quickly proves herself a better guesser than Ken Jeong, not that... That's difficult. Here's a clip from the episode featuring Bialik trying to guess the sloth's identity. After seeing this performance, the comedy chops yep. seems to be really, really important. Mm-hmm. Meaning this is someone who knows how to move their body and also bring a tremendous amount of specific comedy timing. Yep. I'm going to say something crazy. Well, well we don't wait. do that well, on this show. Right. I'm going yeah. to say Jack Black. Oh. Oh. That's a great that. guess. You'll have to tune in to see how Bialik's sloth sleuthing works out and who moves on to the semifinals next week. The Masked Dancer kicks off at 8 p.m. on Fox. Number two. Shifting gears from Masked Dancers to Real Housewives, today's number two pick is the newest addition to the Bravo franchise, Salt Lake City. Tonight's season one finale sees Jen trying to make amends after blowing up at her friends. Again, on last week's Vegas trip. Unfortunately, it doesn't go as well as she planned. No surprise there. Meanwhile, Heather is working hard to finish her new beauty lab location for her launch party. Meredith and Seth realize their marriage is a hot topic for their friends, and Lisa spends time with her family doing what she truly loves, making business plans. It'll be interesting to see where we leave everyone at the end of this season, and even more interesting to see what happens at next week's reunion. Joining me now to discuss this season and the finale is EW's resident Real Housewives expert, Mary Solosi. Okay, Mary, the big thing we need to talk about with Salt Lake City is this fight between Jen and all of the other women that has really kind of consumed the back half of this season. Uh, and last week, I don't know about you, but that entire uh, sit down with the psychic, the therapist, the whatever the she was, yes. the hypnotist was <laughs> wild. It was like she just had to sit there. And when she told her, like, she apologized and started to say, but and she said, no, no, no conditions. Just I'm sorry and be done. It was great. It was such great TV. I think one of the best episodes of Housewives of any city in a long time. 
Oh, same. I thought it was a great episode. I thought I loved the entire trip to Vegas, and I love any time housewives go to a hypnotist or a tarot reader or an astrologer or tea leaves, any of it. I loved the hypnotist, and I, I thought that was a great place for that whole thing to blow up. Well, speaking of blowing up, Jen's really good at doing that. Yeah. So let's quickly evaluate how Jen has kind of made things worse by not being able to recognize that the way she responds to things is actually the problem. That's my hot take. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I've really sort of been puzzling over how she's behaved because she keeps saying everything's fine or something appears to end, and then she just sort of doesn't want it to be over anymore. And I think she can't stand for there to be any ambiguity. She needs like verbal, explicit confirmation. Everyone is loyal to her. Jen is the queen. She did nothing wrong. She came out on top, partly because she knows that people are watching this from the outside. But I think that's one thing that housewives learn as they go on and then they watch themselves on TV. I think sometimes they're surprised by how much the camera perceives. Do you know what I mean? 100%. But you know who I think has been so... Uh, natural and herself on uh, in front of the cameras and is one of my favorite housewives of any city, Heather Gay. I love her so, so much. I because love she, her. She's great. She She's a businesswoman. She's she's smart. She's driven. Um, she's beautiful. She has this great family, um, but she has so much backstory to tell, especially about being um, Mormon has, has negatively impacted her later in life. But you also get to see her now, if we want to talk about friends and and loyalty to friends, she's right there by Jen's side telling her, like, look, I'm here for you night and day, but I'm also going to tell you to your face, you are the problem here. I love her. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Completely agree. She's one of my new all-time favorites. You know what I loved from Heather was I loved that moment she had with her daughters where she really opened up to them about how she was struggling with her Mormon identity because that's a big part of who she is, you know, who she was, but that's, you know, also who she is but she wanted to break free from it, but didn't want them to feel completely removed from that part of themselves. I thought that was such a beautiful moment with her daughters and they were all so sweet and you could see how much love existed between all of them. And I love those kinds of sincere moments that are also just kind of difficult moments, you know, um, among housewives and, and their families. Yeah, I hope we get to see more seasons of her for years to come. Uh, and then lastly, I wanna to talk to you quickly about uh, Meredith, Meredith, Meredith. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, Whitney, who who are also some of my favorites for for very different reasons. What are your thoughts on them? Oh my gosh. Okay, we are we completely agree. Those are my top three from Salt Lake City season one. Um, I really love them. Meredith, I love her. I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging. You can engage. I'm disengaging. I love that. First mm -hmm. of all, she did that multiple times. But um, she's, she's so cool. She always keeps her cool. And oh, also I love Brooks. Of course, she brought Brooks into <laughs> our lives. And yeah. he, Brooks in his one sweatsuit, I love. Right. And, um, and then Whitney too. And Whitney, Whitney and Heather, their friendship is something that I thought really came across. Um, and also- And oh, apparently they're cousins. They're yeah, actually family. Yeah, I yeah. think they're third cousins or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I remember that. And, and Heather was at Whitney's vow renewal in the first episode too. I think she was the only one. But, um, and Whitney was, I mean, speaking of their families, I guess we end up talking about their families a lot, but Whitney's um, story with her dad, I also thought yeah. was um, really vulnerable of her, how she shared that and a really interesting storyline. Especially in a first season of a show. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty remarkable. All right. Well, uh, you can catch the season finale of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City tonight. 
10 o'clock on Bravo. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Jared. All February, we are celebrating Black performers and artistry for Black History Month with recommendations from EW staff, stars, and filmmakers. Today, EW's Alman Johannes shares one of his picks. So I'm recommending They've Gotta Have Us. It's a three-part documentary series made by photographer and artist Simon Frederick. Essentially, it explores the history of Black cinema through in-depth interviews with Black artists, actors, directors, and creators across three generations. Over the course of the three episodes, Simon talks to a bunch of influential figures out of Black cinema, including Debbie Allen and Barry Jenkins and Harry Belafonte. Through the course of the docuseries, you get to hear from the figures themselves about what they experienced as they had these iconic moments in their careers, what the harsh realities of those moments were, and get to hear them tell their own history and stories themselves. And it covers a lot of different things, including Sidney Poitier being a box office hit while there was still segregation in the United States, black exploitation films, how hip hop filled Spike Lee's film Do the Right Thing, and how that film itself inspired a whole generation of black filmmakers. Towards the end of the docuseries, you get David Oyuelo discussing what's next in terms of the storytelling that's missing, in terms of the representation that's missing, and a a myriad of other things. The other really special thing about the docuseries is there are folks who recorded interviews with Simon Frederick who weren't alive when it came out last year. You have Diane Carroll, you have John Singleton. You know, Diane Carroll goes into depth about her relationship with Sidney Poitier, and they have that conversation in the documentary. And at the end of the day, They've Gotta Have Us is a collection of untold stories. They're untold stories about movies we love, people we love to watch, and people we're currently watching on screens, giving us the -the behind-the-scenes look on the iconic moments of their careers and lives, whether that's you know, wonderful celebratory moments or kind of harsh realities. And oftentimes you get a mix of both, but they've got to have us. This really is a great docuseries. All three episodes of Black Hollywood, They've Gotta Have Us, are available to stream on Netflix. And that takes us to today's number one pick. But first, a quick break and... Trivia. It's trivia time. Sarah Chalk is starring in a new Netflix series. More on that in a minute. But first, a trivia question about the actress. Chalk played not one, but two characters in which long-running sitcom? Roseanne, Scrubs, or How I Met Your Mother? Stick around for the answer and today's number one pick. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Number one. 
And now we are time hopping to our number one pick for today, Firefly Lane. Based on Kristen Hanna's 2008 novel, the Netflix series tells the decades-spanning story of Tully and Kate, played by Katherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk, respectively. The two meet when they're both 14 and in need of a friend, and the show follows them over the next 30 years as their friendship faces the tests of time, including their careers, family, and even a shared romantic interest. Here's a preview. They became to everyone who knew them simply Tully and Kate. And for more than 30 years, that friendship was the bulkhead of their lives. Things are hard over at her house in ways that well, you might not understand. I'm going to be there for you, no matter what. When we grow up, we're going to live together, and we're going to be famous journalists. I'm a goddamn legend in the making. That's right, you are. You can't see it here, but there are some truly spectacular 80s fashions involved in this show. Firefly Lane jumps between Tully and Kate's childhood, their burgeoning careers as broadcast journalists in the 80s, and their adult lives in 2003, where Tully is a famous talk show host and Kate is a soon-to-be divorced mom. Through it all, though, it's their relationship that takes center stage. Chalk and Heigl recently spoke to EW's Ruth Kinane about what drew them to the show and why they were excited to bring this story to life. It just kind of took me on this journey and I fell in love with the story of these two women and their incredible friendship over these 30 years. And then I fell in love with the role of Kate and how lucky it was to get to play somebody over these decades and how she changed and went from being awkward and shy and vulnerable to really finding herself and finding a voice in what she wanted. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, that altered me to it. And then, of course, the 80s and the clothes and the music, mm -hmm. and the hair and the wigs. 100%. What about for you, Catherine? I had been sort of um, putting out there into the universe that this is the sort of story I really wanted to tell and be a part of and uh, was just so thrilled when it came my way. It was pretty instant for me. I mean, as soon as I finished that pilot script, I was just like, yeah, I would love to do this and be a part of this. And it felt really familiar to me and I'm a big reader. And so I went and got the book and read it and realized I had read it before years and years <laughs> ago, but was just so re-inspired and moved by the story of these women. Well, you can dive into that story right now. Firefly Lane is currently streaming on Netflix. And now the answer to today's trivia question. Sarah Chalk played not one but two characters in which long-running sitcom? Roseanne, Scrubs, or How I Met Your Mother? Longtime Roseanne viewers will know that is the correct answer. Chalk stepped in to play Becky after Lisey Goranson left the series both times and also made a cameo as a trick-or-treater in 1995's Halloween episode. She later appeared on the Roseanne revival and on The Connors as yet another character. That is our show for today. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow. Be sure to rate and review the show, and of course, follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior TV editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW, and I'm at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Akalina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.